episode of Neo Reality Collective is brought to you by The Everyday Fan. Check out their content and a passionate group of content creators getting together to create content for the, for the growing community of pop culture, fan base, fandoms, and especially sports such as football, basketball, baseball, professional wrestling, and MMA fantasy sport. Control your content and, set, and set, share your story around the world today. The Neo Reality Entertainment brand expands with a relaunch of the Neo Reality Collective Pop Culture News Talk. Your host, Eric Brown, gives his insights and thoughts in the ever-expanding news world of comic books, professional wrestling, gaming, TV, and movies. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa. Welcome back, everyone, to Neo Reality Collective. I am your host, Eric Brown, and we are back with the 76th episode and more or less the beginning of Season 3. Be- or four, I've completely lost track of the plot. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, this has been a delayed episode, so there's a bunch of stories I'm covering that are not up to date. However, there was so much going on at the time that I decided I needed to talk about it because it was such a great thing. And also, the fact that that New York Comic Con happened in October, and, well, there was a lot of big news that came out of it. First and foremost, Ghost Machine, a new comic creator-owned cooperative media company that had their big presentation at New York Comic Con that features first-of-a-kind creator-owned and operating media company officially launched at New York Comic Con. Creators co-own all the characters and universes developed before Ghost Machine, sharing in publishing, media, merchandise, and beyond. And the the the, um, the team they have on this is pretty damn impressive. If you think if, if you really were to look into who who these talented writers and artists are, you got Jason Fabic, Gary Frank, Brian Hitch, Jeff Johns, Lamont McGee, Francis Mapol, Brad Meltzer, Peter J. Tomasi, and Maytal Zich. I'm pretty sure I butchered some of those names, but I'm sorry. Uh, this is more or less a big venture they're going for, and they're planning to basically break off from DC and Marvel and, you know, more or less do their own thing with Image Comics being the publisher of their comic books, but they're owning all the mer- all the rights and whatnot. And all the creators will be exclusive to Ghost Machine for their comics works after completing their already committed to projects. So, there's still some finales waiting for us. Jeff Johns is working on Justice Society. Uh, let's see, Brian Hitch is working with Mark Wade on the dying, the last days of Lex Luthor, and also doing cover art for Marvel. Jason Favic, he was doing cover art for the most part for, Mar- for DC. Gary Frank was doing cover art for Marvel and DC. Peter J. Tomasi was at DC for a long time. Like, these are a lot of talented artists and creators leaving the big two to do their own thing. And they talk about how the recent Hollywood strikes were kind of one of the inspirations for starting this thing, saying um, in a a joint press release, 
saying, Our ambition for Ghost Machine is to push beyond superheroes, introducing new genres, characters, and shared universes, completely co-owned by all the creators involved. We see this as the future of how creators will work and retain creative control of meaningful participants in success like never before. Our passion is for the magic of graphic storytelling and the emotional resonance of compelling characters. We are not just a comic book company, we are the first wholly creator-owned and operated media company of its kind, born out of a desire to create and succeed all together. And the press release came out, and like I said, I mentioned the Hollywood strikes that had happened uh, and still ongoing with the actor strike about how the creative direction of Hollywood and the AI and all that is, well, kind of disenfranchised a lot of people and made a lot of people disillusioned. And yeah, it will be published through Image Comics and... The current and the and Eric Stevenson, the publisher in chief and the CCO of Image Comics, said it's been incredible um, to see how much planning has gone into what the Ghost Machine collaborators are pulling to, putting together. It's an amazing list of talent, but beyond that, they're giving every aspect of this line a lot of thought. So that's it's more than just a series launch; it's a true event. The way they're working together and working with Image, and this makes this a noteworthy development for us, as well as a must-read comic. Co read comics lineup for anyone looking for something different and new which will launch with a series of books such as Geiger Ground Zero a two issue prequel series that will launch in November and December and then in 2024 in January they will release a Ghost Machine number one which will introduce the four share universe that they're introducing called The Unnamed which contains the titles of Geiger, Junkyard Joe, Red Coat and First Ghost uh, uh, ongoing Geiger series, Rock Exodus, Family Odysseys, which contains um, the Rocket Rocket Fellas and the and an epic horror universe co-created and created by an illustrator of one of the secret superstar artists yet to be announced. So yeah. <laughs> When I heard this, I was thinking to myself, this sort of reminds me of what happened at DC with Marvel when the big Marvel artists left in the 90s and found an image to do their own thing. And the subsequent collapse of the once powerful comic empire, but that's a completely different topic altogether. And I am not profane in that, in that knowledge realm outside of Linkara stuff. So take it for what you will. Meanwhile, Back with the big two, Marvel specifically, speaking of, they have announced a new limited series going on in their comics called Avengers Twilight, which will be basically this whole, basically a Elseworlds story for the most part, which I'll get into in a moment afterwards, where a superstar team of Chip Zdarsky and Daniel Acuna will welcome to the world tomorrow's where the age of heroes is over, but the future still needs to be avenged. And... Yeah, this is, this is uh, in the gleaming world of prosperity, Captain America is no, no more, but Steve Rogers still exists, flowing through an America where freedom is an illusion, where the Avengers are strangers, and, the, and his friends are long dead. But is this the dream? How do you assemble in a world that doesn't want them? And of course, they talk about the premise and the... The whole, we are so great to have Chip Zdarsky and Daniel Acuna working on this big project. They even unveiled some cover art that features artwork from Alex Ross, so you know it's a serious thing for them because it's Alex Ross. And yeah, Marvel 
also announced during their big uh, next big thing panel that they're making yet another major crossover event with uh, Jed McKay titled Blood Hunt, which will feature basically the Avengers and the uh, crossing over with Blade and taking on the massive army of the Vampiric Undead, essentially. So, yeah. When I first heard this, I was like, oh, for God's sakes, Marvel, can you just let a status quo breathe for a little bit before you go drawn by Pepe Larez? God damn it, you had to put him on that book. Though of course that means he's he's off of another book besides cover art, and I'll get to that in a moment, and I'll get to that later. But yeah, I heard this and I was like, oh god, why are we already doing another crossover event? We have like five different crossover events coming out next year. Why add more? I know this is the Marvel event age that's been going on since Brian Michael Bendis took over the the Avengers and New Avengers stuff, but. They need to know they need to let the status quo breathe for a little bit, right? Like, I love Pepe Arez and colorist Marty Gracia, but like, come on. C come on. Come on. Also announcing. Also announced for 2024, the next big thing panel was um, Women of Marvel Anthology book. It's Jeff and Marvel's Voices Loki Presents, which sounds awesome. The Women of Marvel featuring cover art from, with, uh, let's see, Mary Jane, Medusa from The Inhumans, Scarlet Witch, Storm, Miss Marvel, Psylocke, awesome, and Captain Marvel in her new superhero outfit in her new Captain Marvel ongoing. Along with the return of It's Jeff, the Land Shark, that that Emma Frost wanted to turn into a purse because she didn't understand what was going on when Deadpool was growing crazy, and all that stuff. Meanwhile, DC had announced the return of the Elseworlds brand. Yeah. So yeah, they announced that they're bringing back the return of the Elseworlds. From that is famously known for Kingdom Come, Batman, Dracula, Red Rain, Superman, Red Sun, Justice League, The Nail, along with a host of other big stories. But they announced a ton of new stuff going, being made for this pro project, for this new endeavor, such as the return of Gotham by Gaslight, The Kryptonian Age, a 12-issue series by Andy Dig Diggle, and I can't pronounce his la that's the guy's name, but Fernandez. Uh, this will expand the mysterious gothic world of world of uh, by, that was created by Brian. I can't pronounce his last name. Be, beyond the confines of Gotham City, introducing DC's greatest heroes as they come together for the first time in the 19th century to form a 19th century Justice League. As they unite against the greatest of the world is ever known, they will learn their the world's secret Kryptonian history. Also, a six-issue series by Greg Smallwood called Batman: The Barbarian. And a medieval Earth that will be written and drawn by Greg Smallwood, and it's a brutal, remarkable retelling of Batman's origin. Not only that, we're getting a six-issue series featuring the return to the world of the Dark Knights of Steel called All Winter, which will focus on Deathstroke. Awesome. 
So, the legendary assassin Deathstroke stalks a frozen wasteland, killing for coin among a nation of ever jarring y'alls. But when our murderer for hire finds himself cast in the role of a reluctant guardian, will he fight the the end the icy curse destroying his land or be consumed by the sins of his own dark past inspired by north's mythology and San tom taylor's dark knights of steel universe awesome not only that there will be a new green lantern story called green lantern dark a seven issue series by tate Brown bell and Wheeler. i can't pronounce that last that name that reimagines the DC universe as a dark fantasy wasteland where the monsters overrun a post-apocalyptic Earth, the battle between good and evil ended long ago. Now darkness prevails as humanity struggles to survive on a corrupted planet. Only one hero remains, the one who wields the green flame that can return light to a dark world, the Green Lantern. But she's been missing for years, and on the isolated island of New England, the horrors only get worse by the night. Also, we're getting the return of a 60 series of Batman Nightfire. There is a ton of Batman material, because of course there is, that will feature the returning brother, twin brothers, Seth and Clayman. Yeah. <laughs> Working together to tell this new Batman Elseworlds story, which will see the superstar team, superstar twin brother, twin brothers team doing explosive actions and flinching reimagining the sees Bruce Wayne trying to rectify devastating tragedy by traveling to the past. What secret does this Batman hold so tight that he would watch Gotham be reduced to ashes? What truths are exposed when there's nowhere left to hide? Batman Nightfire is a story of obligation, the ultimate burden that promises to set the Batman world ablaze. Not only that, there will be a new DC vs. Vampires World War 5 series that will be Featuring the DC Universe versus Vampires because everything was crazy that day. And it's was the brutal first chapter in a larger world for the war for the fate of the earth. In this upcoming sequel by Matthew Rosenberg and Otto Schmidt, Sunlight is restored to the earth, but was it too late? As a new IHA's dawns, humanity faces the most deadly threat yet. Barbara Gordon, Queen of the Vampires. Yeah, she killed Nightwing and took over, so uh, there was much rejoicing and then misery. Also, the Superman Initiative, as the dawn of the DC Universe continues to thrive and prosper for many people, being the best DC Initiative since Rebirth, which is saying a lot. Um, the superstars of tomorrow, such as Jason Aaron and a host of other writers and artists, like Joshua Williamson and Rafa Sandoval, are going to come ahead and join together to do this big big initiative with the Action Comics line of Superman, called the Superman Superstars. Jason Aaron will make his Superman debut in Action Comics 1061 with his fan favorite, with fan favorite John Timms in I, Pizarro. As Joshua Williamson and Rafa Sandoval entered the House of Brainiac in 1064, which is a follow-up to the Superman ongoing series that Joshua Williamson is writing. So, yeah, fans were also treated to some particularly big news regarding the Man of Steel as DC announced the first two phases of a Superman Superstar initiative taking place in the Action Comics throughout 2024. From January through December, DC will pair celebrated writers and artists for Camus Superman stories on the flagship's title. Both Aaron and Williamson are equal to share and tease what they have in store. We can hope it's great. 
specifically with the I Bizarro story, which will last from 1061 to 1063, which will be a free issue arc focusing on DC's original opposite speaky supervillain. Teaming up with fan favorite artist Chems, Aaron can't wait to share his take on DC's iconic superheroes with readers. Say, I've been writing comics for almost 20 years. I also ruined The Punisher, and we all know how that went. And I've certainly enjoyed more of share of my special moments and exciting projects along the way, but getting to write Superman for the first time in the pages of Action Comics and less, the one that started it all goes down as the absolute most significant honest of my career. So the amazing John Tins and I are going to do our very best to give readers a Superman tale full of action surprises and the most bizarro of all bizarro stories, and what Bizarro himself would call the worst bizarro story ever told. Meanwhile, House of Brainiac will be the six-issue event taking place between 1064 to 1066 and also crossing over into Williamson's Superman series, which... Will, which Williamson says we've been building the, to Brainiac's epic return since Superman number one and the start of the dawn of the DC. This crossover will have massive ramifications not just for Superman, but across the, all of the DCU. Plus, it's a fun roller coaster ride with Superman, Lex Luthor, Lobo, Supergirl, and the Superman family up against Brainiac and the Kazarian army. It's going to be full of surprises, new ideas, and the same kind of tone that we presented in the Superman series. I'm pumped to be working with Rafa again, and the pages have been bonkers. It's everything I love about Superman and his mythology, but turns out to a Eleven. These are the first pages of the Superman Superstars era are guaranteed to start 2024 off with a bang for the Man of Steel and Action Comics with more news to come in the new year. So I'm loving, I am loving this push for Superman stories more and more because let's be real, we had that stranglehold where everyone had Batman and now we're going to get a bunch of Superman stories. It's so exciting. It's so awesome. And I'm hyped for it. And, and, I, and I'm loving this whole momentum we're getting. And, and I seriously cannot wait to what's going to happen when this comes out. Like, I, I'm worried about Jason Aaron, though, because his last run with the Punisher was um, pretty bad. His run with the Punisher was pretty, pretty damn bad. And to many, it felt like it killed off. It made everyone hate, uh, hate the... Uh, Frank Castle character. So, yeah, a lot of people kind of lost hope. Let's go with that. They lost hope. But, uh... Yeah. As that's been going on, another big announcement happened. Dragon Ball Daima. Yep, coming fall 2024, a new Dragon Ball series that... That was uh, originally going to be called Dragon Ball Magic, but they went with Dragon Ball Daima, and they even brought and there's even references to GT because the because the heroes we all knew and love and all their loved ones aren't being wished back into children, and Trunks and Goten specifically are being turned back into babies, and I'm just like, wow, Trunks and Goten can't catch a break for the marketing staff. Damn, they're back to being toddlers again. But yeah, basically this, um, there was this whole thing where someone made a wish and changed them all these characters to children instead of just making a wish to either kill them, but I don't think the dragon can do that, or like, you know, 
suspend them in animation or something or freeze time or anything really they turn them into kids but yeah uh, <laughs> I saw the trailer and how they had all these epic re reminders of the olden days such as Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, Dragon Ball Super, the movies and I'm just thinking to myself man and from what I heard, this is apparently a web series and it will not be a long ongoing one. It will probably be like 20 or so episodes. That That's the rumor, at least. We'll be hearing more about it as the months and things go by. But I I'm personally am hoping for the best. The animation looked pretty damn good. The artwork, the, uh, the, the story they're going for will hopefully be great, even with the whole Goku and Vegeta and everyone else are kids again. I'm trying to wonder why that was the wish the villains made, but okay. So, while that has gone on, uh, after all this time, after all this time, after the courts, after the hearings, after the leaks, Xbox, Microsoft has officially acquired Activision Blizzard for $69 billion. Yep, the deal is done. We can now move on with our lives. Until they start screwing up and then we can start complaining again. So, yeah, and they also announced that they will not be, that it will be like probably till next year when we start seeing Game Pass upgraded muscles to showcase Activision Blizzard games like Call of Duty. So, yeah, and considering what happened with Modern Warfare 3 that came out, um, it's not looking good from Activision Blizzard, but Bobby Kotick will be leaving. Yay, yay! Can we can we at least get rid of his golden parachute and can fall on his ass? No. Okay. Sadly, he's getting his his um. Sadly, he's getting his uh golden parachute, so he'll be leaving with a butt ton of money, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, let's just hope for the best with Microsoft handling things and they get rid of the board and all the sexist employees that were there and got one person to uh, delete their last safe, safe slot. Let, let's just go with that. Meanwhile... Marvel, um, Warner Brothers had reportedly rejected an animated Marvel, Mortal Kombat DC Universe crossover movie. Animated. Jeremy Adams, who wrote the Mortal Kombat anime projects such as Scorpius Revenge, Snow Blind, Battle of the Realms, said Wright told her Warner Brothers rejected a pitch for Mortal Kombat DC Universe crossover, saying Adams wrote, I would lower your expectations. He said when asked about the possibility by comicbook.com, I don't know if they have any plans to do more. I do know what that, that we pitched out a while ago, but it was kind of rebuffed. But why? Well, he said this. Well, I think at the end of the day, I don't know if they're ever going to do anymore. I hope they do, and I hope they call me to be involved. That would be great, because I really love it, but I don't know. I don't know. I think it would have been really cool, though, trust me. I would love to see a DC Mortal Kombat film, animated film. That would be super, super cool. They did have a Mortal Kombat DC Universe game, and... Yeah, Midway went up, went out of business three months after the release. But, um, and I don't think Nether Realms is really interested in making one. So, take it back for what you will. So, 
Even though the Activision Blizzard merger is complete, Microsoft is being dinged for a cool $29 billion in back taxes. Damn, but uh, come on. You big corporations could, could certainly spend the money to pay your taxes. Like, come on, can you stop making us suffer for your corporate evilness? So, moving on from the Activision Blizzard Microsoft tax breaking, uh, <laughs> there's a there's been a call in recent years for a Rick and Morty movie, and those fans apparently include Zack Snyder. Co-creator Dan Howerman uh, said that Snyder called him over to Warner Bros. one day to discuss the potential of adapting Rick and Morty for the big screen. Specifically, he called the Justice League director, asking if there was any sway he could have in a jump-starting the production of a film as the fan of the show. Now it's the filmmaker who wants to take over. And trying to push this idea, also he wants to use his Snyderness to make it. Because he thinks he has a lot of influence at Warner Bros. Discovery, even though they have no bit, even though they have nothing to do with him anymore. And the film, and the series is still ongoing, even with the removal of Justin Rowland, who was fired from the show following since drop charges of uh, very violent events. So, um. They found new voice actors who do impersonation, who can do pretty damn good impersonations. I do not know their names. I have not watched Rick and Morty, but I have heard the public reception on it saying like there's a lot, they have a lot of talent on it, but uh, there's still some eh, kind of on it on certain spots. Meanwhile, as Marvel continues to self-destruct and destroy itself, Marvel it was reported by the Hollywood Reporter that the Daredevil Born Again project has been put on hold again and it's gone to go in a creative reboot. So... Yeah. So... Marvel had lucked at the rough cut that they had when the strike was going on, and they decided, yeah, this is not good. So they ha they got rid of the head writers of the show and released all the directors of the upcoming episodes, and now it's undergoing creative reboot for looking for new writers and directors for the project. And... <sighs> Here's the thing. I looked... I had... Uh, I, I heard this story, and I don't know if it's true or not, but apparently it was giving me more legal proceeding, which She-Hulk theoretically could have been, but Matt Murdock was supposedly not going to put on the Daredevil suit until the fourth episode. And apparently the two characters, Karen Page and his buddy Froggy Nelson, were supposed to be killed off some off-screen ago by off-screen-itis because, I don't know, they hate you and make Matt Murdock miserable because that's the only way you can make a story nowadays is just have the characters be miserable by some backstory event that completely could betrays the essence of the character. Ain't that right, Luke? and not give any proper justification to justify the by the downward trend and not give it really a good execution with it. Luke. So, yeah, Bob Iger has been <laughs> has been doing insane stuff. And now 
Now, Disney CEOs reportedly being urged to consider turning the, the Disney Corporation into a gaming giant because, of course, we needed that. That due to all the internal struggles, which are said to have Iger ruefully joking about his decision to return, among the ideas reportedly floated by D Disney executives is a bolder transformation from gaming license to gaming giant through an acquisition of major publisher uh, like Electronic Arts. Oh dear. So yeah, uh, and, and, and it's even been said EA appears to be setting itself up for an acquisition by splitting up its studios into EA Sports and EA Entertainment divisions, making it easier for a buyer to scoop up one part of the business or another. Ubisoft is also not a publisher that has been floated as a potential acquisition target. So yeah. Um, Bob Iger is apparently slightly resistant towards it because, and Iger has said to be non-communicable about it to the idea of expanding back into the gaming space due to things like Disney Illusion Island, which was developed by Dylas Studios, which released earlier this year to mixed reviews. Still, it's apparently one option Iger continues to attempt to right the ship, as the Bloomberg store notes he's made other attempts like cutting content for Disney Plus and doubling the prices to to the platform to, st to stem loss, but it's still a long way to go. The might of the corporate dynasty of Disney has fallen. Also, um, they're all gone. Uh, Justice League, the, the Zack Snyder Justice League team, are all gone. James Gunn, DC, we probably won't see any Justice League star return to reprise their role. So, um, DC Studios continues to fail at the epicness of, well, how do I say this? Oh, right. Uh, they continue to fail at marketing. Because it's like, okay, so, they're getting rid of everybody. Ben Affleck's gone. Henry Cavill's gone. That's been established. Gal Gadot's not coming back for Wonder Woman, even though they kept teasing the idea that she was coming back. Ezra Miller's gone. Hooray, there was much rejoicing. And Jason Momoa's gone, but he might come back to play Lobo, which will confuse everybody who thinks about this for more than a minute. So, yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah. He, he is in talks to play Lobo as the DCU changes hands, and I'm just like, oh god. However, characters like the Blue Beetle character will still be played by the actor that was shown up in the Blue Beetle film. I can't pronounce his name, so I'm not going to try. Viola Davis will continue to play Amanda Waller. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Harley Quinn's actress comes back. She is popular. And Wonder Woman 3 wasn't actually in development, although that didn't count out Godot appearing as the character in other movies and TV shows. Today's news, however, cast doubt on that possibility. So, yeah, and considering what's going on in the world and Godot's being cancelled currently, I, I think it might be for the best. Also, Sony has announced the PlayStation Slim and it has been an epic disaster. They're charging more. You dumbasses. So, yeah. Meanwhile, Best Buy decides to shoot itself in the foot gracefully by announcing that we are going to phase out sales of physical media in early 2024, both online and in retail. No! 
So, yeah. They're, they're getting rid of physical media, even though Disney was finally bringing it back. But nope, we're throwing it out. It's dead. We're closing it off. We're done. We're done. We're done. Well, it looks like I have no purpose to go to go, go to Best Buy anymore. Pfft, that's sad. Might as well get what I can. Also, something weird happened. In September, a Wii U was sold. One, exactly. A new, fresh, packaged one. First time it's been sold since 2022. The last time a new Vita unit was sold was in November 2021, when three were purchased. It, it, it's weird. <laughs> so there's apparently a, someone that still loves the Wii U. Who would have thought? Speaking of, the Ultimate Universe has returned, and the Ultimate Invasion has concluded. Hooray. Uh, and Hickman released Ultimate Universe number one with uh, Stephen O'Kessi. Um, that set up the launching pad for the new Ultimate Universe of Earth 6160. And it announced that Hickman will be writing Ultimate Spider-Man, Brian Hill will be writing Ultimate Black Panther, and Peach Momoko will be writing and drawing Ultimate X-Men, three new series launching as part of the new Ultimate line. And then, weeks later, a leaked report came out, and then subsequently became confirmed that Peter Parker is married, so suck it, Amazing Spider-Man editorial team. We get a happy Peter Parker for once in our goddamn lives. Married with kids with MJ. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Suck it, Marvel. Suck it, editorial team of Amazing Spider-Man and their hate-filled, misery-filled porn run that they've been doing with Spider-Man using Zeb Wells as a filter and so he could get all the heat. So, fuck that. Throw that out the window. You, you, you might as well just cancel the line right... Cancel this right now. Even the editor of Spider-Man... Of Amazing Spider-Man was freaking out on Twitter about this. And I just said... So, Nick. We meet at last. Prepare to feel the pain of editorial sales charts dipping. Because I, I'm going to make this prediction now. Ultimate Spider-Man is going to start outselling Amazing Spider-Man. And they're going to have to do something about that probably do something stupid instead of just doing the painfully obvious, but, you know, that's asking too much. But, uh, even though we got a major win for Spider-Man, we might get a major fall for the X-Men as they have announced multiple new projects for the next big thing panel to end this whole episode off. The plan here was announced that the end of Kakoa the end of the revolutionary Cocoon age was just revealed was revealed at the next big thing panel at New York Comic Con. So Gary Duggan, Karen Gillian, and Al Ewing will be launching three books: Fall of the House of X, Rise of the Powers of Ten, and Resurrection of Magneto. Which will be a collective event, and they released a promotional poster featuring uh, the X-Men and all the mutant characters for the big event. And in the background, if you paid attention, features the disgusting mansion, because that will make the most logical sense to go back. 
Hey, we got, we were in, we're in the worst day for the mutants ever. They're hunting us down. Extinction is coming for us. Orcus is popular. The humans have decided, fuck the mutants. We got to kill them all. But let's go back to the mansion in Winchester, in Winchester, New York, and, and be subjected to the laws of man, even though they have clearly chosen to kill all of you. But yeah, well, let's do, let's fucking do that. Yeah, let, let, let's fucking do that. Yeah, yeah, let, let's fucking do this idea that we should go back to being, to, to fear and hated instead of having some respect in, in Cohen law and, and keep the island. No, we gotta get rid of that. This pissed me off. When I heard that, I said, if they indeed go back to the mansion, if they just go back to school, just so they could go ahead and, you know, sell a god, sell the goddamn CU X-Men, just for that, I'm done. I, I, once Fall of X, Follow the House of X, Rise of the Powers of Ten, and all these other final stages of Kakoa era end, if Kakoa is done, if the era is completely done, and we just go back to school, then I'm dropping everything. I'm dropping the X-Men, I'm more or less going to be probably dropping Marvel, more or less, because there's nothing really incentivizing me to stay with the entire line outside of the Ultimate Universe, which will kick. And the only thing that I'm interested in is Ultimate Black Panther and Ultimate Spider-Man because Ultimate Spider-Man is happy and Ultimate Black Panther features more about the progress of the conspiracy stuff. But yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, what a crappy way to end this episode on. Wrenching about the fact that we're going to go back to school for the X-Men and have learned absolutely fucking nothing. So, yeah. And even worse is the fact they're going to drag this drag this out from five to, to for five for five to six months or the whole year because this is not a weekly title for Fall of the House of X and Rise of the Power of 10. No, 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 they're gonna make this a monthly title instead of making this a weekly title like the original stories that set the whole thing up were. Or hell, you could have made it bi-weekly and like released every two weeks and switched them up with Fall of the House of X, Rise of the Powers of Ten, Resurrection of Magneto. Then there was the whole X-Men Forever storyline that's been announced, that was announced later, that is read by Karen Gillian, that focuses on the secrets of the Cocoon Empire. I question why not just expand the fall of House of X and the rise of the powers of ten to include those stories, but I'm not Marvel's sales staff, sales team. And Resurrection of Magneto is Al Ewing's completion of the X-Men Red storyline that features the return of Magneto, who is apparently the last hope for Krakoa because it's not like Polaris is going to do anything about it, even though she's going to bring in the fucking giant middle of nowhere into space with the brood allegedly to kick Orcus's ass. By the way, Polaris is going to kick Orcus's ass, no doubt, and follow the House of X issue too, when she brings nowhere that is apparently fueled with the brood because of what happened in the events of the Captain Marvel books and the X-Men crossover series. So, yeah, what a way to end this on. Be reminded that we're going to go back to school and everything's going to be miserable again. Especially when you learn about the editor of the new big editor that's going to be for these books, for the X-Men books going forward, is that 
Last time we saw about him, he apparently royally does not like Jean Grey, he does not like Emma Frost, and he does not like Magic, aka Rasputin, because, I don't know, we're gonna have another Wally West hate boner from Dan Didio again, but this time in Marvel editorial form. And he also said in this old blog post from years ago, where if Magic wasn't dead at the time before her resurrection, uh, he would drop concrete on her head. And I'm just like... Crap! This is gonna be another whole thing with with the hate with the hatred for a fictional character for no reason that makes no sense. Like I don't like Sakura from Naruto. I feel like her character was regressed and destroyed. But I'm not gonna be like be sleeping at night dreaming of ways to kill her because she's not fucking real. She's not real. That, that, that's the thing. Dan Dino hates Wally West. He's not real. Stop. Why, why do you hate this character so much that you want to do everything in your power to make them ruined like the Heroes in Crisis storyline? Or, or in Tom's case, for the, who's the new X-Men editorial to give X-Men this big push for the MCU push that's coming soon. They, they go ahead and say, oh, well, I, I hate this character because I don't know why. It's not a real person. And I want to drop concrete on her head and kill her off. And I hate these other fictional characters because they're not real and therefore I have a problem. Okay, enough about my ranting on that. Well, yeah, that, that's something I just really need to get off my chest. Uh... Yeah, so it looks like Kakoa's ending and we're back to being feared and hated, so the journey was completely pointless. But we'll see you all again next time. This is your host, Eric Brown of New York Reality Collective, Pop Culture News and Reviews Talk. Feel free to check out my other content. Go follow me on Twitter. Stay tuned for, for this outro. And I this is brought to you by the Everyday Fans, and I hope you enjoy their, their content on their site. Check it out in the links below, and I'll see you all again next time. Peace, take care, and have a good day, everybody. And remember, Krakoa should be forever. sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa.